Thanking platform. Hello and welcome. This is Gratitude with Attitude. Coming up today, I'm going to be talking about gratitude, curiosity, and active listening. There'll be some more of your lovely dedications, and I'll be joined by Peter Lau from Accessible Nature. And of course, there'll be some great music. And remember, if you want to express gratitude or thank someone, visit thankandpraise.co.uk and download our app. Let's get started then. Here's the birds. I wasn't born to follow. So I'd rather go and journey where the diamond crescent's glowing and run across the valley beneath the sacred mountain and wander through the forest. Where the trees have leaves of prisms And break the light in colors That no one knows the names of And when it's time I'll go and wait Beside a legendary fountain Till I see a form reflected In its clear and jeweled waters And if you think I'm ready You may lead me to the chasm Where the rivers of our vision flow into one another curious person? Are you interested in the events and situations going on around you? Often when we think of curiosity, but we view it in a negative way, you know, being nosy, poking your nose into things that are none of your business. Curiosity, though, can be a positive thing. It helps us create a positive work environment. It helps us to be more empathetic, which helps us to build stronger relationships. It is instrumental in creating psychologically safe environments, makes us better listeners, and promotes the power of gratitude. When we live gratefully and practice deep gratitude, we'll be searching for acts of kindness to be grateful for. We can use gratitude as the base of psychological safety, feeling free to be ourselves without fear of negative reprisal. Once we create such a space, we can use positive curiosity to 
checking on other members of our team, our friends, or even our partners. When we are curious about the well-being of others, we'll also become better listeners, more active listeners. We won't just listen in order to plan our responses, we'll be actively involved and concerned for the well-being of others. It will make us more empathetic, and this builds stronger relationships. Actively listening will also make us kinder, less less self-centered beings, realizing that it's not all about us. (laughs) The more we know about something, the more engaged and interested we will be. This is a great way of making these conversations easier. If the framework is already in place, we'll already be having conversations about mental health and this will help us to open up about our own mental health too. Having a genuine interest in the well-being of others will help us to become kinder. And it's a very easy way to resolve conflict. In addition, it will help us to look at our own situation and self-reflect exploring our own consciousness. It will give us a more objective perspective on our own opinions, biases and beliefs. Genuine curiosity and active listening not only make others feel validated, but it also has a big effect on our own emotional, environmental, spiritual, social, physical, occupational and intellectual mental health. It also exercises our emotional intelligence muscles, which impacts our self-awareness, empathy, self-regulation, decision-making and social skills. As we see through the increased popularity of positive psychology, sometimes listening is all that is needed to help someone. The more positive channels of communication that we have, the easier it will be for us to open up, expose our vulnerabilities, and listen to our true voice. If we start from a grateful position, we connect with ourselves. We open up those conversations, which will help strengthen teams and relationships and make our whole world a more positive place. Even in the face of difficulty, misunderstanding, complexity, pain, and the unknown, our experiences can feel expansive rather than constricting. If we lean in and listen with curiosity, care and compassion. So be grateful, listen actively and the whole world will be a better place. Okay, let's have some more music then. Here's Emily Sunday with Brighter Days. We've seen it all The tears are falling And every step is on the edge And we're so confused We don't understand Feels like this night won't end But there's gonna be brighter days Brighter days I'll keep you lifted when you're losing faith There's gonna be Brighter days, brighter days. Though it seems distant, no, the world will change to brighter days. Oh, 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 oh
Okay, let's have some dedications from Taps, Thanking Walls. And remember, if you want to express gratitude and thank someone, visit thankandpraise.co.uk and download our app. First of all, we've got a message to the Cherry Tree Room at Mesa Lee Primary School in Worsley in Manchester. It says, thank you so much for always striving to get the best support for the children in your care for holding other professionals accountable to carry out their roles, for encouraging a school-wide culture of kindness and inclusion, especially for those with disabilities and additional needs. The Cherry Tree Room provision and its staff are an asset to the school and should be an example of the excellent provision for all others. Thank you. Okay, now we've got a message from Danny Gillett to the Academy of Fab Stuff in London. To the Fab Ambassadors, I would just like to say a huge thank you to all our Fab Ambassadors. You work so hard ensuring the best care is given to your patients and service users. And then above that, to have so much energy and passion to truly showcase what the Academy of Fabulous NHS Stuff ethos is. So, thank you. And now I've got a message from Soraya Goodlett. This is to Tasha Little, Call and Care Manager, Dementia Concern in Ealing. As a new team at Dementia Concern Call and Care, Tasha has been committed to the team support in training, listening, and being there with commitment and communication at any time. I hope to do her 
and dementia concern proud in the professional care I give to our clients. Thank you for believing in me and making a difference. Okay, music time again. Here's the Beatles with Blackbird. Singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You were only waiting for this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the line of a dark black night Joining me now is my uh, good good friend and uh, fellow uh, wheelchair user and uh, wildlife wildlife photographer extraordinaire Peter Lau. So hi Pete. Hi Simon. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I've just got back from a, a photography assignment doing uh, doing more nature photography in uh, in West Yorkshire, which has been lovely. Oh yeah, it, some of your some of your photos are absolutely cracking. Uh, We'll, we'll talk some more about them in a minute, but let, let's start a bit about you. So you, you've always been a bit, bit of an out, outdoorsy type of person, haven't you? Yeah, it's got to be said. I was, I was, I suppose, if you some of the uh, the phrase adrenaline junkie. That was that was me prior to twenty fourteen, where I'd be doing mountain biking, road cycling, motorcycling. My main hobbies were were not those. However, it was scuba diving all over the world and doing quite deep wreck penetrations all over the world which was fantastic to do oh wonderful wonderful uh, and then uh, in 2014 it all changed for you didn't it yeah in it's that old adage in a blink of an eye where just a a little bit of over enthusiasm going too fast and um not particularly taking much notice of what was going on around me apart from 
riding a bike and, and then out with a group of guys who I used to go out regular with him and, and as things went, you went faster and faster and, and it caught up me one day, you know, a bad decision, uh, a poor, poor bit of judgment and, and I managed to find a car coming up a, a fairly isolated country lane where there was one house and one car went up and down this lane every now and then and just looking down the lane I just missed, missed seeing the car coming up the hill and, and the rest of it is the same history I guess. Right, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Must have been quite, quite a shock to you. I, I, know, I know myself when I came round, and after being unconscious for eight weeks, I didn't know where I was, and my life had changed dramatically from being a teacher and a rock singer to being someone in a wheelchair, basically. Yeah, well, indeed. It, I mean, you just you've got to you've just got to get up with what the hand you dealt with, don't you? And and for me, it was a case of waking up after a, a prolonged uh, medically induced coma. Um, having no clue what was going on, trying to grasp reality and not really being able to understand what reality was because of the, the cocktail of, of medication that would put you on to put you in an induced coma, such as ketamine and, and that. And I couldn't really understand what was fact and what was fiction. Uh, and that added to my to the issue that I had, in particular getting my head around it, because the, 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 I'm sure you went through this yourself similar, in a similar way, Simon, where you the dreams that you have when you're under this medication is so vivid that when you do actually come out the other end, you can't work out what is fact and what is fiction. So, so I kept waking up every morning in this strange environment and try to get get my head around what they were telling me. And, and for me, it was all like a dream. And 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 also coupled with various various elements of PTSD induced by the, the trauma I went through, and also um, the. the was the accident itself, um, and yeah, it took me a long time to get my head around that, really, and 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 find a way to claw out of it. And that's why I discovered discovered nature, really. And 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 it was my wife who had a foresight. Debbie, she's very clever. Um, she knows me very well. She knew that if she gave me a piece of technology, I'd want to grasp it, and and she bought me a camera, and uh, and off we went. We were out going out with dogs. I have uh, an assistance dog. Um, who has to go out in, in all weathers, doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing. Um, <laughs> or old Merlin. <laughs> or old Merlin, yeah, you remember him well, Merlin. Um, I've still got Merlin and I've, I've now got another dog called Samson who's, who's going to be Merlin's working replacement. But of course, we do keep Merlin till 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 he passes as well. So, we, you know, be looking looking at his retirement, hopefully soon. Right, good, good. So, so, so Samson's been, been trained up, is he? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm doing something what assistance dogs don't normally do, and that is, assistance dogs usually work in the community and around my house, and I'm taking them out of that comfort zone and popping them in the middle of a nature reserve with lots of interesting smells and lots of interesting animals and and the both Labradors. <laughs> so you can imagine, you can imagine a squirrel runs across the path and to a Labrador, that's that's game on. It's, it's something to chase, and so haven't they almost. Um, expose him to these creatures in this environment and then desensitise him so that he won't react to them. And he's coming, he's getting there. He's only a young a young boy, Samson, he's only two year old, uh, but he's getting there, he's making great progress. Right. Uh, have you have you found get, getting into nature and with the photography and everything, has that, has that helped your mental health then? Massively. And I, and I always looked at Mindfulness and well-being um, has been a bit of a voodoo subject, a bit hippie-ish, dare I say it. You know, it wasn't for me. I was a very busy person, both working and, and pursuing the various sports we did. 
and then all of a sudden you, you suffer this and, and you know a massive life-changing accident where you lose all your hobbies you lose your career and where do you go from there and, and for me it was a bit of a journey of discovery then and I guess we'll all find what works for ourselves when it comes to mindfulness and well-being for me it's not it's not taking myself away to a into a into a a true sense of meditation where you know you can listen to to, to calming noises or or um, or voices or, or whale song or anything like that. To me, well well being and mindfulness is, is physically engaging my, my mind and giving myself something to do and occupying it and use it as a as a meditation in that sense really. In that, in that I use distraction to get away from my my day to day struggles that everybody who's got a a life-changing uh, condition, illness, or disability, I guess, need to do really. They need to find what works for them so that they can not not wallow in in the in the life that they're having to suffer from and the issues with that. It's more about taking you away from that, and you need, we all need a release. And that's what I try and do. I use I use getting out with a camera, researching about wildlife and about places I can get to, and using that as a massive distraction. Um, to take me away from that from that existence, I guess. Yeah, you call it a distraction, but but it, it just like uh, meditation and, and other mindfulness practices. Uh, when you get out into nature, you're living in the moment, aren't you? You're not thinking about the past or the future. You're right yeah, there in that, in that present. Moment. You really are, and I guess I was I had a conversation the other day about uh, wildlife photography to a friend of mine who's been into it for years and. We both came back, it was a rainy day, very grey, overcast, not a lot going on. And we both got back to the vehicle, our vehicles. And we both sort of said, well, what sort of day have you had? And we both just looked at each other and smiled and went, well, we've got, at least we've got out, you know. And so, and that's how it goes sometimes. Sometimes you can get out there and you can see lots and lots of wildlife interacting and doing all sorts of, of, uh, of, of kind of um, natural behaviours. And some days you get back and you've seen you've seen nothing but you've still been out there and you've still been in, into an environment where you've got fresh air in your face you're breathing you know lovely fresh air there's usually landscapes to admire and even in the rain it can be fantastic so you're right simon that we can all we can all find something for ourselves that will help you switch off and to help you uh take you take you to that other place if you like that happier place you know i used to uh a psychologist sat sat me down for for many sessions, and we we try all sorts of things about, you know, take yourself to your favourite beach. Well, I never really went on a favourite beach. If I went on a beach, I used to have scuba gear, and I'd be going into the sea. So, right. so I found it really hard to try and find that place for me, and find that 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 activity I could take take myself away to to escape the the reality of what life can be and what it is and, and to, to put yourself in that nicer place. And and so having a task of particular species, for instance, today I was looking for a, one of our smallest birds called a goldcrest. Uh, they're very flighty, they're very, very nervous of people and, and they don't settle very quickly, you know, very, very long on a, on a branch. So you've got all on to spot them and you've got even more on to try and take a photograph of them. But I enjoyed, you know, looking for them. I could find them, I could hear them. But would they settle? No, it wasn't one of my days. But we'll go back another day and we'll try again. And, and and that in itself, you know, that completely lifted my mood from from the the I I I suffer a lot of neurological nerve pain on a scale of one to ten, mine's a twelve, 
all the time and, and it's just that way that's just how it is but before I know it there I am sat sat aside of his path in a wood trying to, try to find this tiny little bird no bigger than you know smaller than a wren just just slightly smaller than a wren uh, and two hours passed and I completely forgot that I was one in the wheelchair and two that I was suffering any nerve pain I was just concentrating on what I was doing yeah, yeah it really focuses you doesn't it when you do that yeah, and, and and I think you've got to have days where you're not successful because they, those add to the days where you, you've had a really good a good session of, of achieving what you hope to achieve. You know, if it was easy, then we'd all be doing it and we'd all be getting fantastic images and it'd be boring, actually, because you'd go out there and you'd say, right, I want to take a picture of a bit and a kestrel, a red kite and a gold crest. You'd come home and there you go, you got your pictures. But you've got to work at it and... and and do research and find the right location and then when you find the right location you know the lighting's got to be right so there i go with my camera and i can i can busy myself away just just um, just enjoy myself really and, and using that as my as my mindfulness and, and distraction and well-being uh, yeah yeah true because every silver lining has a cloud doesn't it <laughs> yet you've got to have the bad days to appreciate the good ones it, it's completely true simon you know you you really do um and and there's always that there's always that fact. I mean, I, one of the birds I saw today was a stone chat, which is a uh, a native British species. We get quite a lot in the, in in winter, uh, probably fifty five thousand or so. Uh, but that that number increases um, during the winter because we get a lot coming over from Scandinavia because we've got milder climates. Um, and they're absolutely stunning. They're like the size of a robin, but um, not but not unlike. Um, any other bird you've seen really they're absolutely stunning you know and so probably the most common bird i've seen today stone chats but i've got umpteen photographs of stone chats taking off from branches eating spiders you know so it's, it's, it's all it's all and i'm learning all the time you know I, before i picked up a camera i didn't know what a stone chat sounded like you know the name itself gives you a clue i guess it's called <laughs> a, stone, a stone chat and it's it's named after chattering two stones together you know, oh, is it really? I, I... It, yeah, and this is, this is what I mean. It's a it's a journey of, of knowledge that, that I'm I'm gaining all the time. You know, I've I've learned so much about our wildlife and and so much of an, I've always had an appreciation of it, but not not really had time to fully appreciate it and what it does and in its its position in this in this world of ours. You know, and it's fascinating, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 what I really want want to get onto as well is. Uh, Accessible nature, because I, 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 obviously I, I live alone, I'm in a wheelchair, and there's no way I would go, go down a nature path that, well, probably you haven't been down already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because uh, even if you walk along the side of the canal or something, you'll get a, a towpath or something, or, or there's a country gate that you can't get through or whatever so well, I, I i really appreciate what you're doing with the accessible nature well where, where did that idea come from it came really from and and a lot of bad things happened during covid but actually there's some good come out of it in 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 lots of respects in that a lot of people developed a, a greater awareness of, of their localities i guess yeah for me i was having to go still i've still got a dog to, to go out and so even when you couldn't travel I could still go to a nature reserve and my my nearest accessible one um is, is St Aidan's near Leeds and I was going around it and and I mean I actually got a bit 
a bit stalled of going to the same place again and again and again. And I thought, well, I'll try and research further places I can go to. And uh, and the lack of quality information that you could rely on, it was so apparent that there's a need for it because, I, you know, I even watched a, a, quite a famous uh, BBC programme, which was on a Sunday, about being out in the countryside. And they did a feature on a place called Gisborne Forest. And they described it as being miles and miles of accessible trails. And so off I went to, to explore it. And it was literally 250, maybe 300 yards of of path when you came to a style. Right. You know? And I, I remember on the feature that was on the TV, I watched this, it looked fabulous. You know, it looked like there were miles and miles of place I could go and wander around in my wheelchair. I mean, for, for, the, for the listeners, what don't I use the um, powered attachment? What clips on the front of my wheelchair, which turns that into a, a motorised wheelchair trike, if you like, reasonably capable. Um, but I can get around most places. It's a Batek that you use, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Batek seven. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it is. It's very capable. It's got its limitations, like any mobility equipment. I know yourself. You use a, a mobility scooter, you know. So there are limitations with things, but actually the freedom they give you is can be immense. But Finding places I could I could go, or even research and trust that if I went and put all the time and effort to get to a place, and you'll know yourself, Simon, for for anybody with a spinal condition like we both have, or any other disability or illness, you know, you have to put a lot of research in to go to places. And to find myself going, but it took me an hour and a half to drive there. We're out a lot. We're out of lockdown by this time. Uh, when I got there, and to find it was it was less than. You know, 500 metres of, of track was very disappointing. Uh, I think I went up and down this bit of track 15 times. Right, just know. to get your money's worth kind of thing. Just to get my money's worth, yeah, exactly that. But I thought, this is this is ridiculous. And, and it really opened my eyes as to a lack of good quality information, what's tested by people using mobility equipment. And I think there's a key statement there in that a lot of organisations and non-government organisations and charities uh, and I'll mention RSPB, Wildlife Trusts, uh, National Trusts. A lot of their um, infrastructure is designed by people who've, who've got limited knowledge of, of accessibility, truly. You know, if they can come to a barrier, they can, they can just walk around it. You know, we don't have that option. You know, we, we, we've got, we remain on our wheels. I can't just hop out and open a gate. Uh, no, no, can't go you over know, the style or anything. Although I have I have um, I have come to grief by getting myself onto a wall with the idea of lifting my wheelchair over to the wall and then did a humpty dumpty and fell off the wall and, and so it doesn't always go to plan. No. But, <laughs> so that's where the idea came from really. I thought if I could it, it really it, it was it was apparent to me that it was such a waste of me. I was going to so many places and finding good good places to go to. I thought I've got to make this information available to other people who who are sat in the front room looking at where they can perhaps venture out, like yourself, Simon. Where can I go, you know, to explore what I know is going to be safe? And what do I need to know when I get there? Well, you need to know about lots of things like you know what's going to be the perceived hazards, and a bit like um, a, a photograph series for. Uh, Houses, you know, a house on a on the market on with an estate agent. They only show, they only show you the best bits. Well, I show the best bits, but I also show the worst bits of of what what is a perceived hazard to somebody using any kind of mobility equipment. And that can be something like a you know a narrow bridge. And I'll measure the, the bridge to because some people's equipment is a lot narrower than others. 
Um, and a lot, a lot of, of organisations, I'd suggest, have not really kept up to date with the advances and capabilities of mobility equipment today and how much there are. You know, the, uh, most people can, can go for, for not vast sums of money now and buy something fairly fairly robust and fairly capable and be out and about into countryside uh, on their own. You know, and, and organisations need, need, I'd suggest, need to gear up to that because with as much right as anybody to go out and enjoy these places. Yeah, and, and as you, as you uh, said before, um, if you're not in a wheelchair, there's no way you can actually uh, understand because sometimes in, even the smallest step it can cause some people the, the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, ironically, um, something like I think a lot of people I know use power chairs. Something that even as small as two centimeters will stop a power chair from from making progress. You know, that's yeah, it, yeah, you know, that's their game, that's their, that's that's Mount Everest to them. They can't, they can't get over it, they can't go around it. It's a game changer. You turn around and you go back to the way you came. And, and and it's ridiculous because something as small as that, you can put a temporary ramp in, or a, you know, just build a little ramp, or fill it with with hard standing over concrete and cement, and all of a sudden you've opened up something what was a barrier to not being a barrier. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, just for a little bit of a little bit of financial outlay, a little bit of time, you can make you can make a big difference and make things truly accessible. And things should be accessible, and things should be fully inclusive. But I accept, and, and nobody accepts everywhere to be so because that's just not how the world operates and nobody could afford to to do that but where it's only a small issue what prevents uh, progress then it should yeah. be and a good example it'll be um, we have a sculpture park near Wakefield and I came across a, um, a 19 sorry an 1820s gate there which which had a ridiculously strange camber and, uh, and a bit of an ob- obstacle and I brought it up to the attention of the people operating the park and said, "Can you not change that? Because effectively, what it does, it stops anybody in a in using mobility equipment from exploring the whole park. You can only go and explore half your park, and yet you're still charging people full price, you know." And the first thing that came back to me were was an excuse of, "Well, it's a listed listed structure." Well, I always go back at them and say, "Well, I'm sure York Minster's a listed structure, and they've got a ramp on it." So, <laughs> you know, that's the poor excuse. It's, you've got to. If, I think if organisations adopt a "yes, we can" approach until there's a reason why we can't, that'd be a better thing when it comes to inclusiveness and accessibility. Um, in that particular um, occurrence, there, I kept on kept on at them about it over a series of emails, and they did. They, they filled it in, and now you can go and explore the whole. I'll give credit to them, Yorkshire Sculpture Park. You can go and explore the whole of Yorkshire Sculpture Park now using mobile equipment. Oh, um, oh that's great! Oh. For, the, for the simple, for it cost a, it must have cost fifteen pounds and probably an hour for somebody to change that, and it's now fully accessible. So, it's a it's a bit of a battle at times. I've got to say, it's a bit about changing people's perceptions and people's mindsets, and that's one one of the strands of accessible nature that I'm really pleased about is that. I, I, I can't go past anything and not bring it up to their attention. And it's 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 gotta be true that together we're stronger and we've got a louder voice. You know, on accessible nature, if I come across a problem, if I don't get anywhere by going down the official channels, then I put an appeal out on there and they get 15, 20, maybe even, in fact, for the last one we did, they got over a thousand emails from people who were using accessible nature's website and Facebook group. We all bombarded uh, Kent Council to change this particular gate. 
within two weeks we changed it and this, this lady called Caroline who originally contacted me about the problem can now go and explore a country park which is literally 300 yards from where she lives so a bit of people power yeah absolutely absolutely and get, getting out in nature and I know I, I talk a lot about gratitude and the first rule of gratitude really is gratitude starts with yourself think about all the things that, that you were grateful for and getting out into the forest or, or, or getting getting out into a nature reserve or whatever it really, really makes you feel grateful for all, all, all the things that we do have and, and not not just thinking about things that we don't have yeah you're right and that's that's the mindset that i share simon in that it's far too easy to 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 look at your life where you are now in the present and and look about what it used to be like you know and and actually what you should do is try and concentrate on what we've still got and what we can still do and look forward you know it, it might not you might not have the physical attributes that you had before but actually you can still do a lot of things if you hopefully you can still do a lot of things for yourself and you can still go out and enjoy these things and you're right you know you've got to be thankful for that massively because we're only we're only on this planet once it's not a rehearsal you know nobody wants to just sit at home and 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 myver and feel sorry for themselves you've got to get out and push it and i think that's my ethos really is, is i do get out and push it and and if that helps other people my my whole mindset really about setting accessible nature it was but if i could help one person to go out into the countryside or explore a place and for them to find the solace and the peace of mind that i get then that that's it it's got to be worth it and and actually the, the feedback i've got from so many i'd say thousands of people now um particularly after i, I was on the latest series of winter watch on bbc yeah, yeah, yeah i saw that yeah yeah, yeah um the the whole the whole movement from what I'm trying to do has has gone absolutely through the roof, you know, and the feedback I got was was wonderful, you know, and I don't do it for gratitude, um, but I am grateful to a lot of organisations, a lot of people who give me support, but actually it just reaffirms that I'm actually doing the right thing. In, in and it's not easy, Simon. We, you know, sometimes you're banging your head against a brick wall, not making a lot of progress with organisations and places, but all of a sudden you get this wave of of people getting in touch and saying we really appreciate what you're doing and and that has been absolutely fantastic for myself it's given me a massive uplift and and spurred me on to do even more yeah yeah gratitude is the gift that keeps on giving isn't it <laughs> yeah it's something we don't often you know when we're busy we don't often think think to to show gratitude do we but we really need to it's uh, you know it's it's about being kind and being and and having gratitude to others is is a fabulous way to go forward i think yeah, and I, I know a lot of them are listening. I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you once again to all the wonderful staff at Pinfields Hospital in Wakefield. Uh, you're all superstars. Uh, well, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be where we are today, Simon, would we, if it weren't for for you know, they're all over they're all overworked, they're all underpaid, and and, and massive massive gratitude do, do we have because you know, and I still go in every Tuesday to the spinal unit to give. Um, to peer support to people who were laid there where we were. Crikey, that's 10 years for me, Simon, and not... It's, yeah. How many years is it for yourself? Nearly, that must, must be nearly 10 years for you, is it? Eight, eight, eight now. Eight years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you, you do, and you go back and you see the staff and you see what we're doing with people and you just think, crikey, you know, you just don't, they're so undervalued, aren't they? They're, they're fantastic, you know. Yeah. Um, we owe so much to them. We, we certainly do. 
Right, well, Pig, we're almost out of time. That's been fantastic. So thank you very much for joining me and in, in sharing your, your thoughts today. But now it's time to be DJ Pete. So, so what song would you like me to play for, for our listeners to hear? So my, my chosen song, uh, and thanks for this opportunity, is one called Circles by Post Malone, um, who, I mean, there's a lot of connotations with circles for people in wheelchairs. But yes. actually, there's, there's lots of things as well. You know, I, I love the song. It's a great track. Circles to me, yeah, it's wheels, it's wheels on the wheelchair, but it's also circles that we're in, that we're in. You know, we all have the same circle of friends, we have the same circle of family that we that we spend a lot of time with the most. You know, we do the same things in life in a, in a sort of circle. So to me, it's very prevalent as a circle, so I love that song. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, uh, Pete Lau, and now here's uh, Post Malone with Circles. <laughs> 